All right. Good evening. In all praises of God, uh, God is worthy of our praise. Again, to all of you that are with us on tonight, those of you that are, uh, again, home safe. Again, we thank God for uh, traveling grace. Uh, to all of you that are watching around the world, Brother Naviv, uh, over in Thailand, to all of you uh, in North uh, or in Minneapolis, to those of you in North and South Carolina, Florida, uh, Nashville, Tennessee, Texas, Mississippi, Kansas, uh, again, uh, Washington, um, California, to all of you in Illinois and in Chicago. Uh, again, got friends located there that tune in very consistent. Arkansas, uh, again, want you to know that we are appreciative to all of our virtual listeners in Battle Creek and Kalamazoo and Portage and Arbor, Battle Creek. Uh, mentioned them already. Uh, Bay City and Midland, Detroit, Flint, and Pontiac. We are grateful to all of you who tune in week in and week out. God be praised for all of you. Quick happy birthday and anniversary to all of you, uh, again, who are experiencing birthdays, anniversaries this month. Uh, we celebrate with you. We thank God for all that he has done. A couple quick announcements to be aware of. Then I'll do scripture and prayer. There's a ministry of defense meeting this weekend at 10 a.m. Uh, ministry of defense meeting at 10 a.m. Uh, the member of the month. Um, a group will meet this weekend. I think they meet at 10 or 11. So if you're part of the ministry of the month, 11 or at one o'clock. All right. That was just a test to see if y'all knew it. All right. It's at one, it's at one o'clock. Um, mission in the city, uh, executive committee. We know we meet this weekend. That's at 11 o'clock. There you go. Deacon, you'll get your a plus for that. Um, and so there again, as you can see, we've got a full weekend, uh, as you keep praying for us, let's pray for the Simmons family, uh, brother and sister Simmons in particular, brother Simmons, uh, brother passed away on yesterday. And so we are praying for him. He's been ill for a while. We pray and thank God, uh, for, uh, brother Simmons. Uh, thank God for the life of his brother. We pray for the family, uh, and the extended family continue to shout, uh, glory, hallelujah, for the speedy recovery, the healing recovery of uh, Sister Watkins, Sister Thomas, Sister Longmire's mom. Again, we are thanking God for speedy recovery there. Uh, to my knowledge, uh, Sister Perkins is home. Uh, Sister, uh, I can't think of her name right now. Uh, I have no news on Sister McCall. No news on Sister McCall at this point. Um, and her sister is Sister Belinda Tucker. Um, and so we're just praying for all of you. Please know that we're praying for all of you. Ask you again as you go through the bulletin to pray. Take a minute during the week and just focus on praying on those that are sick and shut in. Uh, sister Diane Campbell had surgery a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months, well, almost seemed like a couple of months ago now, as well as Sister Deborah Henry. Um, and so we're praying for all of you, Sister Deborah Blanks, Sister Halsey, yep, and Sister Donella Morris. And so we're praying for all of you. Uh, please know that we're praying for all of you. Um, we know that God is able and he can do anything but fail, so we trust God. Hey, if you're out and about, again, uh, I was in a meeting on yesterday where they said that um, the COVID level has been raised to level two which means that you probably should be wearing a mask if you're out and about. Um, that was as of yesterday. So if you got one, uh, please exercise it, if you will. 
Um, there again, you know, between the flu and COVID, we've got all those things to be aware of. So just be aware of that. We may still have some COVID tests that we will place in the foyer Sunday morning. Okay. So those are a couple of things to be aware of. Um, as we uh, go into these next couple of days, again, I think the governor did, gives her State of the Union address later on today, 7 o'clock or something like that. So let's be praying for her. And we need as many of you as possible, as many as possible to write your council, city council members. They are voting uh, right now to put another marijuana distribution center up in the city. Uh, right now, I think we have, I think we have at least six right now. They're talking about putting another one up. I would encourage you to write them and let them know. Matter of fact, I would encourage you to go to a city council meeting. You only got three minutes and they're going to hold you to three. They'll, they'll talk all night, but they only give you three minutes. Um, but you certainly need to get up and say, I am opposed to it. I do not want another one. What they're trying to do is they're trying to make a motion right now to decrease the distance of these marijuana distribution centers from places like the church, places like the school, places like daycares. Uh, I, I don't. I forgot what the distance is right now. They're trying to make a motion to decrease the distance so that they're closer to us. Yeah, wh whatever it is, they're trying to decrease that. So I'm saying to you, call, write, email them, show up, and let them know you do not want another one. Now, what happens is they have a zoning commission that meets that's where you need to show up okay um that's where you need to show up you need to show up at both if you can um, but if you don't watch it what will happen is there'll be one just like liquor stores notice they're not in the township they're all in the city okay i, I need you to understand structural racism because it exists structural racism still exists in our community i'm not afraid to say that but i need you to start saying it and i can tell you right now some people gonna get offended fine but you will not deny that racism is not happening here. this is racism when all you think about is oh this is gonna put another beautiful building in our community put it out there in your community if it's so beautiful put it out there where you live okay and that's the information we need to start sharing now the other thing that needs to happen I said this before I'll say it again to all, to all of you out there and you here we're going to grow our own uh, political advocates we've got to get people groomed on how to run for office so that you can get up and start representing your people and so I'm going to be talking with Carl Mack Williams um, I want him to do um, uh, what, what do they call it I'm going to have him come in and do some classes on what politics is about, how to run and all those things there. Because we need to start getting young people ready to run for these offices. Okay? All right. Well, uh, scripture. Scripture for tonight uh, comes from Psalm 30, uh, Psalm 34. 
I'll read that. Come on, stand if you will, just for a minute. Psalm 34, Trinell will give us a brief selection. And we've got a lot of work to do on tonight. Psalm 34 uh, and verse number one says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips or my mouth. Uh, my soul will boast in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord. And he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him. Hallelujah. He saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encampeth around those who fear him and he delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And blessed is a man who takes refuge in him. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you again for this privilege, this opportunity to stand before you uh, in this place we call the house of prayer. And now, Lord, that we ask for your traveling grace. We ask for your protection. We ask, Father, that even as we're out in the community, that we breathe, that we intake nothing that will contaminate this body. We pray, Lord, that you would again remember those that have lost loved ones in the tragic shooting deaths in California, as well as those who've lost loved ones and deal with the devastation of tornadoes on the other side of the country and down south. Lord, we pray now for our country. It's in such turmoil. We pray now, Lord, that you would give us your call, the ecclesia, uh, the ability to see with discerning eyes what's going on, to hold close and to cleave to your word and your promises healing in this land heal those that have lost loved ones uh, restore those that are sick and uh, father we pray that you bless us abundantly above all that we could ever think we'll give you all the glory the praise and honor in jesus name and the church said amen speak sweet to my heart holy spirit give me the words that will bring new life. Words are the wings of the morning. The dark night will fade away if you speak to my heart. Speak to my heart, Holy Spirit. Message of love to encourage me. Lifting my heart from despair, how you love me and care for me. Speak to my heart, speak to my heart, Holy Spirit, message of love to encourage me. Lifting my heart from the snare, how you love me and care for me. Speak to my heart, 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 Lord. Give me your holy word. If I can't hear from you, then I know what to do. I won't go alone. Won't never go on my own. 
Just let your spirit guide and let your word abide. Say, speak to my heart, Lord. Come on, help me sing it. Give me your holy word. If I can't hear from you, then I know what to do. I won't go alone. Never go on my own. Just let your spirit guide me. And let your word abide. Say, speak to my heart. Give me your holy word. If I can't hear from you, then I know what to do. I won't go alone. I'll never go on my own. Just let your spirit guide. And let your word abide. Speak to my heart. Give me your holy word. If I can't hear from you, then I know what to do. I won't go alone. I'll never go on my own. Just let your spirit guide. And let your word abide. Speak to my heart. Speak to my heart. Speak to my heart. Speak to my heart. Amen. That ought to be everyone's prayer. Lord, speak to my heart. You know, and the thing I love about God is you can recognize him despite all the noise. That's the beauty of knowing God and having a relationship with him. In a crowd of several thousand, his voice is so sweet that you know his voice above everybody else. Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. They know my voice and I know them. That talks about relationships. So we are grateful. Tonight, again, we pick up to do some work. Uh, it's astonishing. Um, tonight's thought, again, is equipping God's people to build God's kingdom. We'll never be successful at building the kingdom if we're not equipped first. Doesn't matter how many tools you have. If you don't know how to use the tools, you can never build a house. Menards can come to your house right now with the frame and the structure and the metal and the nails and the tools uh, and the concrete and the iron and everything. But if you don't know, if you don't have the experience on how to use all that, all it is is just materials. And that's what's happening in the church. Jesus, Jesus Christ, God said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. God, it's amazing. There are more Bibles on the planet today than there has ever been, and yet many of us don't even read them. You know, and to make it, to make it simplistic, the Gideons even put them in hotels. And the Gideons are being outdone now by Jehovah Witnesses and Mormons. But the point I'm getting at is there is no earthly reason why a believer in Christ Jesus does not have access to a Bible. We, you know, we got Bibles here. We'll rarely give you Bibles here. So you say you, so you can't say you don't have one. But the point is, you know, if we're going to equip God's people to build God's kingdom, we've got to recognize, number one, how favored we are of God. And part of what we see uh, in the outline on today is we see a snippet of some of the things that God has promised us. And I promise you, if you really begin to internalize the things that we're going to be talking about tonight, last week, and possibly into next week, 
I promise you that you'll be better equipped to handle not only life's adversity, but also you'll be better to do the things God has called you to do. You do know, in case you don't know, but I'll say it to you, based on some of my information, there are at least 7,487 promises that God has made to mankind in the Bible, as close as I can see. There are at least seven, let's just say there's 7,000. I think it's close to 7,500. But there's at least 7,000 promises that God has made to mankind. So we aren't even touching the surface. Now, whether all of them are saying, I promise you this, there might be someone could be, I promise you that you're going to fall if you do this. I mean, it could be a combination of both. But the point I'm getting at is the Bible says God is no shorter than his word. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall never pass away. Okay, and so for us, God has made us these promises and he has already told us he's not going to go back on them. We need to start acting in them. That's part of the chance. So our, our back, our backdrop, our background scripture for this process. This is our theme for the year. Ephesians chapter four, um, beginning uh, with verse number 12, Ephesians chapter four, verse number 12. And one of the things that you'll see in this text, Paul talking to the church at Ephesus is telling them how God has equipped us. One of the first thing he says, he says, for the perfecting of the saints. Now, you know, you need to look at the other part, but I'll tell you what it says. In verse 11, it gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Why? For the perfecting of the saints. Our job is to equip you. Now, we can't equip you if you're never here. All right? You cannot be equipped if you don't show up. And real talk, and I'm just, ta I'm just talking to me right now, Ding York. Um, you can't come in and just teach some superficial stuff and expect people to grow. You, you got to be prepared to, to dive deep. You got to be prepared to be, uh, uh, again, convicting in nature. Uh, because that's, I mean, think about Jesus. How many people does Jesus make mad all the time? Every time he talks, somebody got mad because he was breaking truth. He was breaking down knowledge. He was breaking down that word. And so for us, that, you know, our goal is not to make you upset or anything. Our goal is to make you say, hmm, ah, uh, okay. And to be hungry enough to go home. And look for more. All right? Now, how many of you have eaten at least once today? How many of you have eaten at least twice? Okay. How many of you are going to eat when you go home? Now, that's amazing to me. That's amazing, sis. You'll eat three times human food, but you won't feast on biblical food. Yeah, come on now. I mean, think about it. Yeah, I mean, religiously. And I want you to hear the word religiously because, uh, let me say it another way, routinely. Every morning, the first thing I think about is, I got to give me something to eat. Around 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, I gave me something to eat. When I get off work, I know I'm giving me something to eat. All right? It's a routine. It's a habit. How long have you been saved? And why isn't the Bible a habit? Hmm? We come to church every week. Come to life development. And many of us, real talk, don't study our life development. It's a piece of paper that we have. We come in. But if you studied life development material, the teacher ought not be able to get a word in edgewise on Sunday morning. 
if you didn't read that book and God didn't pour it in you, when you come up in here, it ought to just ooze out of you. Okay, y'all just got real quiet right there. But that's, I mean, come on now. I mean, Paul told Timothy, study to show thyself what? Study to show that, he said, prove to God that you know his material. Prove it to yourself. And so for us, we've got to help each other. Let me, let me finish this. For the perfecting of saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Watch what he says. He says, when we do our job, in verse 13, it says, till we all come in the unity of the faith. What is God's goal? That we would all grow, all right, and the knowledge of the Son of God. If we've been in church, I mean, we all grew up. And I realize that we all learn at different levels, all right? I get that. Been there, done that. But at some point, we ought to be on the same page about who Jesus is. At some point, we ought to know some of what Jesus said. He says, unto the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. In other words, God is saying, if we study this Bible the way we're supposed to, we ought to have the same type of knowledge that Jesus Christ had when he was here. Watch this. Keep going. Verse 14, he says that we henceforth, watch this, be no more. <laughs> now, don't miss that. All right, what does be no more mean? Let me say it again. That we henceforth be no more. Huh? No more. That, we, that from this day going forward, we are no longer that. When we study the word of God, when we sit at the feet of uh, if I could use that parenthetically, uh, if, we, if we do those things, he said that once you do this, you shouldn't be that anymore. And so some of the things, Brother Green, that we have issues with, if we study the Bible, said that we be no more. So that we be no more with attitude. That we be no more jealous. That we be no more robbing God in tithes and offering. Huh? That we be no more children. Tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine, every time a new preacher come, every time a new church come, we slide over there. Huh? And then we try to drag, oh, you know, the pastor's going to be out of town. Let's go over there this Sunday. You wouldn't do that if, uh, think about this. Now, when you was a kid and your mama prepared food and she was going to be out of town, you would not eat your mama's food to go to hang out with somebody else, would you? Of course not. All right, all right, I'm going to leave that alone. The only person that laughed at that was D, so. All right, so watch this now. He says, carried away by everyone in doctrine, by the slay of men, all right, uh, and cunning craftiness, by the trickery of men. Uh, I was talking with a friend today. I was talking with a friend today in Ypsilanti. He was saying, there's a guy there, and all he preaches miracles. Talking about you, you can get a miracle today, Okay. And so, come on now. I mean, what about teaching the Bible? I, I believe in miracles. Don't misunderstand me. But life is more than miracles. It's about learning how to cope and how to adjust. It's learning about how to love the unlovable. It's, learning about, it's, a, it's about learning how to have compassion and patience and learning how to get through adversity and strife. It's learning how to be thankful for everything that God has given you. Okay. I, 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 I say, you hear me say, I expect a miracle every Sunday. I do. 
But the miracle is not always somebody joining us. It's about you getting transformed. It's praying that whatever has come across that pulpit in them classrooms, when you leave, that you henceforth be no more. Because that's what God wants for you. All right? That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro by our wind of doctrine, by the slay of men and cunning crafting, whereby they lay in wait to deceive. Well, you know, over there, you know, I, you know, I know y'all got a good teacher, but he ain't preaching the whole Bible. What? Well, you know, over here, you know, we believe in all the gifts. We do too. But we also believe that every gift should be done decently and in order. And so, you know, I have no problem with people speaking in tongues, but if we don't have an interpreter, you need to be quiet. That's the Bible. All right? And, and so when Paul said, let everything be done decently in order, he said, look, this is God's house. And we ought not come up in God's house with this chaos when, notice how, you know, it says the order of service. Why does it say the order? Because that's what God has decreed. This is the flow I want you to follow. All right? And so I say this periodically. You know, so I know that John Smith used to go to his church 10 years ago, but we don't know John Smith. We don't know what John Smith has done in 10 years. And so if John Smith is not on the program to sing, I don't know what he may sing when he roll up in here. Huh? And so, and I have no problem entertaining. I know you got a cousin that's a minister and he's going to be up here for the family reunion. and he coming to church, but I don't know him. I don't know what he might say if I let him get up and speak. Because once he says it, I cannot take it back. Once he get up and, well, you know, well, we got Reverend John Smith here. He's going to be praying today. I want all of you to come up here to the thing. I'm going to anoint you with oil. Wait a minute, hold up, bro. What you say? Anoint you with oil. Once that stuff is said, you cannot take it back. And so I don't have a problem acknowledging people and I might even try to get them to say, I, I mean, I got to be careful because once it's out there, you can, it's just like Facebook. When you put stuff on Facebook, there's none you can do to retrieve it. It becomes, it, it becomes a part of your life. And here's the fear. The fear is that one day your kids may say, huh, uh, grandma says she used to be on Facebook, huh? And what if they go on Facebook and see you on there from 40 years ago turning it up? What you going to do then? I mean, you got all those things to think about. All right? So watch what he said. Let me give you this next verse so we can get into this work. But in verse 15 he says, but speaking the truth in love, may they, uh, I'm sorry, but speaking truth in love, may grow up into him in all things. I love that verse. All these verses are power-packed, but I don't want you to miss this. But speaking the truth in love. What do you think that means? What is God's expectation from us? That we're going to do what? Tell the truth when? All the time. But we tell it out of what? Out of love. Okay? Watch this. May grow up. <laughs> May grow up into him. What does God expect from us? That we do what? We grow up into him in what? In all things. Don't just grow up in your giving. Grow up in your evangelism. Don't just grow up in your studying. Grow up in your service. Don't just grow up in your service. Grow up in your worship. Don't just grow up in your worship. Grow up in your praise. 
okay, which is Christ, uh, which is the head, even Christ, all right? So I told you two things, and I'll just quit there because that's a good place to stop at this point. Uh, equip, define, means to train, arm, prepare, and to school. Train, arm, prepare, and to school. Perfecting, define, means completely furnished, meaning you have everything you need. Ukraine just got a gift today from the United States, from Germany, from Poland, I believe. They're getting these um, tanks, okay, state-of-the-art, okay? And even at that, Russia still has more than them, okay? But they have it. But what if, I, what if there was war right here, right now? We've never had war with another country on our soil other than when we first started out, okay? We've never had a war. We've never had anybody attempt to even come over here and drop bombs or nothing like that. But what if that happened between us and Russia, us and China? And what if the government came into this community and said, I want, e want everybody out on the street. We're going to give you guns and rocket launchers, and uh, we're going to give you, uh, again, tanks to shoot. How many of you would know how to shoot a tank or drive one? How many of you know how to shoot a rocket launcher? One or two that's been in the service. But you need that to survive. God is saying everything you need is right in that Bible. And yet we don't know how to defend what we believe. All right. So as we go through this, we talked about this last week on the next page, page number three, uh, if you will. Uh, we talked about the fact, uh, we asked you a couple of questions. Um, and I won't, I won't get into the questions. I want to try to get to some of the stuff uh, that we start dealing with. So, so here's the first thing that God says to us, all right, at bottom of page number three. It says, every tree that bringeth not forth fruit is hewed down, cast into the fire, whereby by their fruits you shall do what? You shall know them by their fruit. You do know that we've been deputized by the Holy Ghost to be fruit inspectors, Okay. We've been called to be fruit inspectors, which means God expects us to hold each other what? Accountable. I, don't be trying to get up in my business. Wait a minute. Let me make sure you understand first and foremost, the Bible says that we are to be fruit inspectors. Okay? That's critical. Now, I love verse 21, Brother Brooks, because it says, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall do what? Everybody that comes to church ain't saved. All right? As much as we like it, real talk, they're not saved. How? By their fruits, you shall know them. All right? I won't deal with the rest of that piece because there again, Jesus is saying to us that when we learn to operate on the word, we have a solid foundation. You'll see that further in the text and that when you don't have a solid foundation, whatever you build, it's going to falter. Can I just hypothetically throw out a theory for you and you can say amen to it, you can disagree, that's up to you. One of the reasons why the church continues to struggle is because our foundation is not the word of God. It's not. And if it was, the church would be in much better shape than it is right now. The biggest thing that amazes me right now, here we are, we're two and a half years into the pandemic, about two and a half years. It's amazing. You would have thought, Brother Ernie, by now, Brother Raz, that people would have been running back to the church. Yeah. 
I mean, how many people in the last two and a half, almost three years, have died from COVID? Several million people. And some of us have gotten it, and our relatives have gotten it, and we've seen people die. Some of us have gotten it even twice. You would have thought we would have been running back to the church. Do you not know across the country right now that churches are emptying out because churches now are trying to figure out a way how to beg people to come back to the house of the Lord? Now, did you hear what I said? They're trying, they're figuring out a way to beg people to come back to church. And yet David said, I was glad when they said unto me. Okay. Enter his gates with thanksgiving as course with praise. We can't even get people to come to church anymore. We become lazy. And we say, well, you know, I can watch it at home. The devil is a lie. They ain't watching it. No, you, what you're doing is you may get on there and make a comment, but that's about it. But think about how now the believers are lying. Because that's literally what's happening. And there again, let me hip you to scripture. Scripture said they will come when there will be a huge falling away from the church. We're experiencing some of that right now. I mean, think about it right now. Churches are struggling to survive. You would have thought that this is a place of miracle signs and wonders where the Shekinah glory is, where a word is imparted that's going to transform your life. People will be here every day. We'd rather stand in a line the day after Christmas for Black Friday. Think about that. And so when I look at these questions uh, again on today, I mean, it's perplexing even here in our church. Now, we, our numbers are great, but, the, but real talk, we still got about 30 or 40 people that never show up. And there is no rationale as to why. And they don't answer your calls. They won't return anything. And so you just keep praying. So I got another thing. I, I, here's another plan. Let's not worry about them 30 or 40. Let's lead them in God's hand. Let's go get another 30 or 40. Matter of fact, let's go get another 100. So that they understand, you know, let me use this phrase, but don't y'all take it wrong. One monkey don't stop no show. See, I think people need to understand that, yes, we love you and you're important, but the show must go on. So with people in ministry and other places, you got to understand, the show don't stop, just die. Just die and see if, if somebody else won't take that ministry. Just die and see if we won't have another soprano up here. Just die and see if we won't have somebody else at the door saying, welcome to New Life Baptist Ministries. Just die and see if we ain't got another person driving the, 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 the church bus. Because it's going to happen at some point anyway. All right? So for us, God has equipped us for some things on page number four. And I told you last week, God has, God has called us, number one, to partner with Christ. What a privilege that is that God has given us the privilege to partner with Jesus to build the kingdom of God. Let me get, I got a couple of verses. I want you to see them. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter number nine, uh, 1, verse 9 and 10. Watch this now. Let's see if he can pull it up for me. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, rather, verse 9 and 10. God has called us to partner with his son, our elder brother, our Lord and Savior, but he's our elder brother. Now watch what it says. God is faithful by whom ye were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Watch this, verse 11. 
or verse number 9. Is that verse 9? Okay, verse 10. Watch this. He says, uh, now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing, and that there be no division among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. God wants us to partner with Jesus. Well, we can't be in the same mind if we don't know his word. The biggest issue with us is we don't know his word. And there's a phrase out there. I used to hear this, and I would say this, particularly as I was getting into college um, and understanding the plight of young African-American males. And this was said back in the day. If you don't want us to know anything, put it in a book. Why? Because what, Dignor? We don't read. We don't read. And we don't emphasize reading. Okay? And so at some point, reading is life. Reading is life. And so as we look through this outline, God is calling us to partner. What a privilege that is, that God would give a jacked up person like me an opportunity to work with Jesus to build the kingdom of God. All right? Look at number two. All right? So number two, and these are all things that God has promised you that God wants you to know. Number two, God has called us to freedom. All right? God has called us to freedom. Let me see if I can give you a scripture to connect with this real quick. All right? Galatians 5.13. It says, for you've been called to live. You've been called to live in freedom. All right? My brothers and my sisters. But watch this. Here's the word of advice. Watch this, Brother Green. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. You've been called out of the world. And you cannot lose your salvation. But what he's saying is, because you can't lose it, that don't mean go out there and hang out with the world. All right? Watch this. Let me give you another scripture. Well, let me give it. He says, instead, use your freedom to do what? Serve one another. You're no longer shackled by sin. Here's another one to think about. 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse, uh, I believe it's 23. 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 23. Watch this. Love this verse. It says, all things are lawful for me. But all things are not expedient. Watch this. All things are lawful, but not all things edify, but all things edify not. In other words, what we're saying is there's a lot of things I could do, but I ought not do them. All right. There's another verse that says I will not be brought under the power of. Because see what happened. And y'all can help me with this because I know y'all know this. It's some folks, you know, that got saved. And they say, well, you know, I'm saved. And, you know, the Bible tells us don't be given to much wine. Right? So That's what it say? Yeah. So we drank a little bit. Ain't nothing wrong with a little wine, you know, to relax a little bit. Huh? That, I, mean, I mean, think about the rationale. Ain't nothing wrong with a little wine. Just, you know, I'm just drinking a little sherry. I ain't getting drunk or nothing. I hear that a lot. Trying to justify it. All right? But what happens after a while? It ain't just a little wine no more. You become slushy. 
right? <laughs> I mean, come on now. Now, you don't think you got no problem, but you do, all right? Now, what has happened? That which he delivered you from now controls you all over again. And that's part of the issue. Well, you know, you know marijuana is legal now. Okay, but, but how, do you di- how do we distinguish light from darkness? If light is always hanging out with darkness, how do we ever make that distinction? Well, ain't nothing wrong, you know, just smoking a little joint every now and then. He said, let your yay be yay and what? He said, otherwise, anything else you do is considered evil. I mean, you can't just be saved when you feel like it, and then when somebody get on your nerves, you roll up a joint and smoke it. What's wrong with getting on your knees instead of rolling a joint? Huh? I mean, I'm just asking some crazy questions, but I told you I'm nosy. I'm curious. I just like to ask questions because it's amazing to me now. You know, and, you know, I'll just say it like this. I'll leave it at this. Have I seen some believers go into these, these mirrors? Yeah, I've seen them. Yeah, I've seen them. I mean, what, what you going to say? What you going there getting that weed for? What you, what, what you going to say? I, what, yeah, give me No, I ain't saying give me none. I don't want none. <laughs> no, nah, I, I don't play like that now. And the more, listen now, the more things become legalized, the more you'll see believers indulging. Because now they can say it's legal. Okay, remember... Liquor was prohibited. It's legal now. So what are we doing? Remember at one point, gambling was illegal. What are we doing now? Yes, sir. Well, you know, they got some good steaks at Soren Eagle. I'm just going up there to give me a good steak. You got to go all the way to Soren Eagle? Well, you know, we're going to take our kids up there to the splash pad. Is that the only splash pad? So, so we've been called a freedom, and free, that means freedom from slavery and sin, which means that I'm no longer shackled, which means that I don't just have to sin. I've been delivered from that. When we sin now, it's willful. It's a choice. The unbeliever has no choice because, they, because Satan is their Lord. Satan is not our Lord. Okay, and, and God said, Jesus said, no man can serve. So when you become a servant to sin, who are you serving? Satan. The devil made me do it. No, pump the brakes. The de- Listen, for the record, the devil can make you do nothing. Okay? You have this thing called free will, which means you make a decision. Even God won't break into your will. Okay? But you do need to understand there's a consequence when you indulge in sin. All right? So God has called us to be free. And that freedom means I'm now free to love God. All right? I'm free to serve mankind. I'm free to serve him. Why? Because I have been free. You know, freedom means that I'm free from fear. I don't have to worry about what's going to go on. For God's not giving us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. So we are free. Why don't we act like it? 
Why do we allow issues to hang in our spirit in such a way that it makes us not do what God called us to do? If we're going to build the kingdom, we cannot be afraid to witness on God's half. Pop quiz. Last seven days. You don't even have to raise your hand. How many of you witnessed in the last seven? Don't raise your hand. How many of you witnessed? Those of you watching, how many of you witnessed last seven days? All right, none of you. And so what I'm getting at is how are we going to change something if we don't ever change? Here's a, here's a, here's a, here's a, um, here's a warning. I'm going to ask the same question again next week. Why am I asking the same question again next week? Because there's an expectation that what? Yeah, you're going to do something. Why call me Lord, Lord, and do not what I say? Go into the hedges and the highways and compel men and women. Okay? So now the master has told the voice piece to ask the question. So guess, so you can get ready for the test next week. So you got seven days, 168 hours, and some change. I think that's what it is. Do get ready because God is saying, now think about this now. And I know y'all don't want to hear this word. It's, it's a D word. I'm going to say it, but don't y'all get mad. All right. Says Watkins, don't get mad, okay? All right. Says York, don't get mad. I'm getting ready to use this. I'm getting ready to cuss, okay? So, says Brooks, don't, don't. I'm getting ready to cuss. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just going to apologize in advance. How can we say we love God, but we're disobedient to his commandments? That's the D word, disobedient. Because think about it. What, what, what week is this? Fourth week? Fifth week? This is the fifth week? You've had five weeks to win a soul for the kingdom. Goose egg. Ain't even thought about it. But let that check not get there. <laughs> huh? Let that check not show up. Are we going to be calling somebody? Why? I need my money. Well, what if God says, you know what? What I'll do is I'll give you only enough air to witness on my behalf. What if God said, I'll only do this if you do that? And that's why I'm so grateful for grace and mercy. All right? Because mercy says you don't deserve nothing because you ain't doing what I told you to do. All right? And so for us, God has called us to freedom. God, number three, God has called us to live holy lives. All right? 2 Timothy 1 and 9, it says, for God saved us. And called us to live what? A holy life. Now, he did this not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan from before the beginning of time. To do what? To show us his grace through Jesus Christ. Be ye holy, for I am holy. God says, be like me. All right? Be like me. 
Now, Brother Ernie, if we were to see your mom or your daddy right now, do you think we could say which one is your mom and your daddy? I mean, we would see a bunch of people. You think we could point out your mother and your father? Okay, why? You look like them. There's some of their DNA in you. All right, Brother Raz, same thing with you? All right, Sis York, same thing with you? Okay, so here's the question then. Sis Salter, what DNA of God is in you? What, what part of God is in you? And it shouldn't just be a part. It should be everything. All right? He, he says he called us to live a holy life. The only way we know what a holy life is is we've got to look at the person that is holy. You can't look at Bishop Jakes. You, you, you can't look at um, some other preacher, Creflo. You can't, you can't look at Craig Tatum. He said, I've called you to live just like my son Jesus. So Jesus was loving, right? How many of y'all loving? Raz, what you put your hand up for? You love it? Okay, I, I'm just, I just asked a question. <laughs> yeah, Jesus was compassionate. Jesus was, was selfless. All right? He wasn't easily angered, but when he was angry, he was righteously angry. All right? And what was he always about? His father's business. Now, what he's afforded us is what? A 40-hour work week, right? Do a couple of little things. So how many of us can say that we're about the father's business? Watch what he says, Romans chapter 12, verse 1, 2. He says, I, I appeal to you, brothers, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies as a what? What else? Wait now, hold up. He says a living sacrifice. Then he gives us a description of what a living sacrifice means. Holy. And to who? Dean York. So it ain't to the usher board. It ain't to the trustees. It's not to the deacons. It's not to the preacher. God said, according to how I am, holy and acceptable to God. I'm so glad that, you know, we don't get grades on how holy we are. Because first of all, nobody's in a position to grade us. All right? And Sister Redeemer might, because she mad, might say, yeah, you know, I think I'm going to give Tatum a C plus on being holy this week. Uh -uh. We'd all be in trouble because it's subjective to her thinking and not the thinking of God. So God saved us through Christ so that we may live this holy life. One that is set apart for his pleasure. Now, real talk, we don't strive to be holy to be, uh, we don't strive to be holy to be accepted by God. Rather, it's the opposite. Because of Christ's sacrifice, God is able to accept all who repent at the end of the day. And a product of that repentance is a continued pursuit of holiness. I'm chasing it. Why? Because I know it pleases God. All right? That's our job. So guess what? How many of y'all sanctified? Okay. Sanctification, Sister Missioner, means that God has set me apart. 
So when I say I'm saved, I am. Sanctified means set apart and filled with the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. Every believer should be able to say yes to all three. I'm saved, sanctified. It's not just a sanctified church because guess what? This is the sanctified church. All right? We should say that as kids, I was naive as all get up and go. I live right down the street from the Coleman's. Okay? Coleman Temple. And I, I, I remember elementary school. I was young and naive. Then the sanctified people down there. I was, I was discrediting myself. I'm sanctified. You sanctified. All right? And so for us, what is God telling us? God has designated us with a purpose. Remember Jeremiah 29 and 11? Remember that D? Yep. What it say, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you. Plan. God said, I have set you apart for something phenomenal. Now, let's make sure we understand that phenomenal does not mean that you're going to cure cancer. That's not what it means. Phenomenal means that God is going to transform you and that you're going to begin to transform your neighborhood. Transformation means that God is going to transform you and you're going to begin to transform people in your Sunday school class. It's all, it, it, you know, it's about perspective. See, I think some people think when, when, uh, when they're here, the Lord's going to do a miracle to you. We think, okay, well, God's going God's to cure cancer through me. He's going to do this. No. Let's understand that every time you serve on God's behalf, he's using you for a better purpose. Okay? So for me, I'm saying to us, I've been set apart by God. What a great honor that is. Now, let me ask a question. How many of you remember playing dodgeball? Mm -hmm. Were you pick first or last? Well, don't answer that question. Don't answer. <laughs> How did it make you feel if you was picked last? Let's just say you was. How would that have made you feel? Yeah. Right. But, you know, how would it make you feel when you was picked first? I had some value. Okay, the person thinks that I'm worth something, that they pick me first. All right? Well, I, when you think about what God has done for us, God has chosen all of us, not just the rich, not just the elite, not just the educated, not just those that have worked in the plant for 40 years or went to the, or went to the service, not just white, not just black, not just this, not just that. He said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that. So who is the whosoever? That's you. Christ died for you. And it doesn't matter what your past is. That's why I love it. All right. And I ain't so quick to try to pull the cover off yours because I got a whole bunch of skeletons in my closet. Now, some of y'all ain't going to say amen, but real talk, some of y'all got a bunch of them too. Just thank God by the grace of God, you know, he has forgotten. That's the good news. He has forgotten about those things. So for us, at the end of the day, God is saying, I have set you apart. But not only has God set you apart, God has called you to be his ambassadors. The word ambassador means that you do what? You represent God. All right? Um, 
Anybody remember when you were young and your mama or your daddy put you in charge of the house? How'd that make you feel? Yeah. When your mama said, y'all do everything Craig say. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, uh-oh. Uh-huh. Yes. I had some power. I could, Well, you don't want me to tell mama. As an ambassador, you got the same type of power. We got ambassadors to Zimbabwe and Africa and France and all these other places who represent the president. So when they go over there, guess what? They have the power of the president. They don't fly, they don't fly over there on no coach bus. They fly first class. They got, they got protection. They got everything they need when they get over there. Guess what you got? You got angels. Right? And God said, whatever you, listen, what God did for us is God said, whatever you need to do the job I've called you to do, I'll supply it for you. Think about that. God said, I, and let me say it this way, but let me just say it this way. I'll find a way. Now, God don't have to find a way. He can just speak and it's there. But what I'm trying to get you to understand is when God has called you to do something, it is now his responsibility to make sure you have everything you need to get the job done. So guess what God will do? God will send people in your life that will see what you're doing and will give you the money to get it done. I can't think of the guy's name right now. He, you know, he talks a lot about money on TV, um, uh, has a ministry, comes on Channel 81, can't think of his name, wrote a lot. Murdoch is his name. And Murdoch was talking about uh, one day as he was just starting out his ministry, him and his wife had just got some money, like five or $6,000, and uh, they ain't had no money. And so what he did is he was sitting at some, some service. He said the Lord told him, Give $1,500. And he thought it was the man talking to him next. He said, no, no, no. The Lord told him again, $1,500. So he gave $1,500. All right? He needed that money to do some stuff, house, stuff like that. Um, and so he went back to church. Some guy came in. The Lord said, give him 1000 He said, well, hold up now, Lord. Wait a minute. I ain't going to have no money if I keep giving away all this money. All right? And so, you know, he fooled around and ended up down to $1,000, supposed to do something to 5000 God sent a man to him the very next day when he was down to 1000 and said, you know, I was, um, I was with you at this service, and uh, the Lord told me to go buy a brand-new van for your church. Okay? That happened on one day. Two days later, another man came in and said, I was at one of your services, and the Lord told me to give you a check for $50,000. See, sometimes we miss blessings like that because, no, that, the Lord can't be telling me to do that because if I do that, I ain't got no money. See, if you don't operate by faith, you'll never get the promises. And if we never get you equipped, you'll, one of the, I want to say this as we dismiss. I think, and I could be wrong on this. This is Roscoe. I think... One of the most, let me see how I can say this. The most naive people on the face of the planet 
are the people that attend church every week. Why? Because we don't recognize the power that we have. We are the most powerful people on the face of this planet, bar none, because of the person that we serve, and we've not tapped into that power. Can you imagine if all 190 of us got up one Sunday or one day and said, we're going to go and witness for five blocks, knocking on every door, and while half of us are talking, the other half are standing in the front praying. Can you imagine? Now, let's just take the elders out. Let's leave the elders here under the pavilion praying for us as we're going out there. We go out anointed. We go out prepared. Can you imagine if we all went out on one accord what we could do with five blocks? And we can barely get people to show up to do one block. If we only recognize the power, I, I guarantee you we'd be 100% different. I promise you. And I'm saying that because I know the power of this word. So I'm going to leave you on this note and ask you the question. Do you know how much power you have? President Biden know how much power he got. You know how I know that? Because it's at, it's at his fingertips. He can blow this world up a thousand times over. That's the one. So that's why Biden ain't worried about nothing. When he, when he get on them planes and when he go on planes, he ain't worried about nothing. If only we thought the same way, I ain't worried about nothing. Because I got God on my side. So here's my challenge to you. I want you to build your faith. And part of building your faith means that I want you to start again reminding God, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. No weapon formed against me shall prosper, and every tongue that comes against me shall be condemned. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Okay? The Lord is my light and salvation. Whom shall we fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies, came upon me to eat my flesh, they stumble and fail. Though a host should encamp against me, in this will I be confident. One thing I've desired, Lord, that which I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to inquire into his tabernacle. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me. All right? I believe that. Now, that don't mean I'm going to just let somebody roll up on me. No. I'm going to protect and do everything I can. All right? But I, I believe I got power. I need new life to believe the same thing. It's, it's okay to say amen. I need you to start believing that, and I need you. Remember, the Bible says we're to edify each other. What does edify mean? Come on, stand to your feet. What does edify mean? It means to build each other up. It means to help each other. Brother, I'm praying for you. All right? I stand with you no matter what you're going through. I stand with you. All right? So here's your assignment for the next seven days. Well, first of all, we got about what? How many days before Sunday? Three? Got three days before Sunday? All right. So I, I want to invite you to extend the invitation to somebody to be with you in church on Sunday. All of you listening too. All right. I want all of you out there listening. I want you to invite somebody with you to church on Sunday. All right. Don't take no for an answer. That's, that's number one. Number two, I want you to be praying that God will save that person. When they show up Sunday. Does that sound familiar? Okay, have I asked that before? Okay. 
I just want to make sure I wasn't saying something that was foreign. I just want to make sure we got it. All right. Now, then I need you to pretend. I'm sorry. I need you to believe that what you've like. Did y'all see Sister McNutt? Uh, Sister, I mean, Sister McWright. Y'all see Sister McWright Sunday? The young lady got saved. She said, I have been praying for her to get saved. I need us to do the same thing. Don't just ask, pray. I'm not going to quit until you get saved. All right? All right, come on. Let's pray. Father, we come now in the name of Jesus. Thank you again for this time of sharing. Father, you've given us um, a couple nuggets of what you've given us on tonight. We are so godly proud that you've empowered us. And we, we have so much to learn uh, in order to be equipped to go into the world. Now, that doesn't mean that we're going to wait until we learn it all. We're going to take what we know now and share with other believers, and we're going to show it with the world. We're going to share it with the world that the world can know. You can be free. You can represent God irrespective of what your past is. You can because God says you can. And now, Father, as we go forward, we pray that you would give us direction uh, to point to the right to guide us rather to some person unsaved to invite them to accept you as Lord to pray fervently for them and to witness you do a miracle at least having them here Sunday we don't know when you're going to say but we're going to do our part that is to pray believe and to shout uh, that you've given us the victory. Give us traveling grace as we leave this place, but not your presence. We ask your healing touch on the sick and those that have lost loved ones. We ask it all now in the name of Jesus. And the church said, amen. amen. Tell your neighbor, go after it. Amen. amen. Tell them to go after it. Let's get it.